everybody, welcome back to Witch Fix. Today we're doing something, I don't want to say different because it's sort of the same, but it's going to be a little bit weird. I watched the Witches, like the, the 2020 remake with Anne Hathaway, uh, a couple of days ago and I wrote a bunch of notes about it, and then I felt very under the weather and didn't get around to recording the episode, so I'm going to go on these notes and hopefully I didn't leave anything out and wrote down, you know, the important stuff. So we'll see how we go. Now this is kind of a difficult film to look at because not only is it obviously a remake of another movie, it's also based on the original book by Roald Dahl. So I listened to the audiobook of The Witches the day before I watched the movie to kind of get that plot in my head. I have not re-watched the original Witches movie since I originally saw it as a child. So my recollections of it may be a little bit dim, but I kind of wanted to do it this way round and view the new one with as fresh eyes as possible to see not only how it compares to the previous movie but also how it compares to like the book as an adaptation of an original story. Now interestingly, and this is just a little tidbit from me after I've listened to the audiobook, um, I googled Roald Dahl's The Witches just to find out if there were any interesting facts about the book and according to Christian Science Monitor which is a website, um, it was originally banned by some libraries in England because of perceived misogyny, because in the book it says that, that only women can be witches, so women are always witches. Now, I think the book also says that they aren't actually women as such, that witches are a completely separate thing that just kind of look like women. Uh, and he also says that ghouls, for example, are always male. So it's not like he's saying that only these monsters can be women, like there are monsters that are only men as well. Uh, but there we go. The movie kind of uh, sidesteps this entirely by saying that a witch isn't a woman, it's a sort of demon that looks like a woman. So, uh, it, again, they're not actually meant to be humans. So a brief rundown of the plot of the novel. It's a very short book. I would say, broadly speaking, it's in three sections. The first section is about the main character, who I don't think has a name in the book. Shoot me if I'm wrong. Um, but basically, he, his parents die and he has to live with his grandmother in Norway, and he gets taught by his grandmother, who is a very kind of curmudgeonly woman who smokes little black cigars and doesn't make him take baths and things like that. She kind of reminds me of like the Practical Magic movie aunts. But she tells him all about witches, including some anecdotes from her own childhood of, of children she knows who were taken by witches. And explains a few of the rules around witches, like the fact that they hate children. Everything that they do is motivated around getting rid of children. Because this is a children's book and a villain that only attacks children makes sense. That they have no toes. That they always wear wigs because they are bald. And that they always wear gloves because they have cat-like claws at the end of their fingers. And that they detect children by smell. Because children smell like dog poop. The cleaner the child, the smellier the child. So we get this at the start. It's basically just grandmother telling him these stories about witches and about people she knew as a child who were like turned into stone by a witch or cursed into a painting. I'll come to that later. Or, you know, turned into something else or just disappeared. The midsection is them going to England to stay in a hotel and the unnamed protagonist um, going to train his mice in the grand ballroom and getting trapped behind a screen while 
a whole load of women come in to have a great big meeting. It turns out every single one of them is a witch, and they're planning on turning every child in England into a mouse so that they can be squashed with a mallet. He gets caught, turned into a mouse himself. And then the final part of the book, which is, again, a really like a short part, it is him getting his revenge on the witches and turning all of them into mice. That's a broad overlook of, of the plot of the book. Obviously, the movie has to change some things because it changed up the setting and the cast. The biggest difference, I would say, is that the movie takes place in America in 1967. Uh, and the little boy, who I think is called Hero Boy in like the, the cast descriptions, but just the main character, the boy, uh, is played by Jazia Bruno and his grandmother is played by Octavia Spencer. So we have like a black protagonist, his black grandmother in, I think it's Alabama in 1967, America. So that's a very different setting uh, and a very different kind of style to a lot of things that happen in the book. Because obviously, uh, obviously in the book it's set in England the way the witches dress is very much like you know English ladies with their gloves and their little pointed shoes and their hats and, and things like that um, and the plan is like you know in the little English sweet shops and things like that but it doesn't have a huge effect on it it doesn't really take anything away from the original story in the book it just adds more elements to it which I think is smart because we already have a movie that looked exactly like everything looked in the book. So we can make it look different now, that's not really a problem. We begin the movie then with a slideshow which is being narrated by Chris Rock, who is the voice of the older hero boy. And this is the slideshow that gives us all the information about witches. Some of the lore has been changed slightly. So he, he gives you this little slideshow, you can see that it's being given to a bunch of small children. Uh, he says that witches are amongst us and hate children. We learn that we are in the 1960s. And then we begin a flashback of Hero Boy. I'm going to trigger warn because this movie contains a car accident and also animal abuse. It's, I don't think it's to actual animals. They're CGI. But if that's going to upset you, don't watch it. We get the flashback. The flashback is to our protagonist, Hero Boy in a car which has crashed, killing his two parents. He's orphaned at eight years old and sent to live with his grandmother. This is basically exactly the same as the book, except that his grandmother is not Norwegian. So there we go. He's taken to his maternal grandmother and she tries to cheer him up. We get a couple of scenes of her like trying to cheer him up with food, with dancing and singing, different things like that doesn't happen in the book because he gets over everything real fast in the book he doesn't really mention like missing his parents and he gets used to being a mouse real fast too so this is just like giving more emotion and depth to the character she buys him a single pet mouse called daisy and everything seems happy and lovely then his grandmother develops a worrying cough i think we can all relate to that in these current times um but she develops a cough and she can't heal it, even though she is described as a healer who heals people with herbs and potions. So we're introducing some new lore here that his grandmother might be some sort of folk magic practitioner uh, or a witch. Hero Boy is then cornered in a, a general store by a woman with a creepy snake who tries to like give him candy uh, and she is sort of scared away when his grandmother calls for him. But then he tells his grandmother later, you know, this weird lady came after me. And she explains that that wasn't a lady. 
it was a witch. So she tells him the only story we get of like past witchery, which is a story of a girl she knew called Alice, who was walking behind her carrying some buckets one day. And then when she looked around, Alice was gone. And she had gone down the railroad tracks in all the, the steam and the smoke from the, the trains and was accepting a piece of candy from a weird lady who has a weird shark mouth. I'll come back to the shark mouth thing later. Nothing seems to happen at first, but then the next day, Alice is turned into a chicken. And this transformation sequence is horrifying. Like, if you've ever wanted to see a child morph into a chicken, it's a lot creepier than it sounds. It's just, I think it would have scared me if I was a child. Grandmother also reveals that once a witch has sort of cottoned onto you, once a witch uh, knows about you and has made you her mark, she'll never really leave you so that, you know, they are in danger, they can't stay where they are. So she goes to her locked closet, which is full of crystals and herbs, and here her voice says that she must be a voodoo priestess. So I really liked this change to the law. I mean, obviously before we had this grandmother, who I again really liked the character, this sort of tough Norwegian, heavily smoking grandmother, uh, but now we have a grandmother who knows about some form of magic and is a practitioner herself. So I thought this was a really good way to bring in a positive depiction of someone who practices magic, as well as, you know, the evil witches. Grandmother decides they have to leave so that the witch can't find them and head to a swanky hotel, which is a big ass hotel. Like the building they chose for it is gorgeous and enormous. She says they'll be safe in a big hotel full of rich, wealthy white people because witches only prey on the poor, the overlooked, the people no one will miss. So again, kind of bringing in these new elements because in the original book, it is just all children. But in this, it's sort of bringing in a little bit of that history, a little bit of like the setting of where we've put this. Uh, I think it makes the story more interesting. It definitely justifies why they would go to this big fancy hotel. Um, I liked it. On the way to the hotel, she tells Hero Boy that a coven is basically like a rotary club for witches. They get together and then the Grand High Witch gives them their orders for the activities that they are to carry out, which is the same as in the book. We hear that the Grand High Witch is said to have hatched on the tundra of Norway. So that's sort of our one link back to Norway. They arrive at the hotel uh, and are allowed in. They see Bruno in the lobby. Bruno is the only other sort of child character from the book. He is, in the book and in the film, a sort of spoiled, fat little English boy who eats a lot of candy. His parents are very stuck up. And I really liked that they kept him British and kept him like exactly the same character from the book and the previous movie because I felt like that just works as Bruno. If he was just to be made another American character, I think it would have been a little bit weird. But I, I do like that they kept him British. We see a sign for the International Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Children, which I thought was funny because obviously with the other one being set in England, it was the Royal Society. Uh, but now it's the International Society, which actually makes more sense because they are active in lots of different countries, like every country has witches. So the grandmother begins to cough when they arrive at the hotel and she says that she hasn't actually been coughing on the journey. So it seems like now they might be in proximity to the witch that's causing her cough. Stanley Tucci is in the movie. He is the hotel manager. He is kind of lightly prejudiced in a way that you would see a character in a children's movie that, where they don't really want to talk about racism. 
which seems weird like either directly address it because of where you've set it and who's in it or ignore it completely it, it felt like it was kind of like they were getting close to talking about it or addressing it in some way and then they just backed off straight away like they were like oh no we can't talk about that um so so he's there but they don't really do a lot with his character they're told they'll be staying in room 766 um this is so that the grand high witch who in the story has the room directly beneath theirs can be in room 666 the devil's number which i felt was kind of like a pointless thing to add in but there you go and based on numerology grandmother says that their room means that they are coming to a big test and that a double six means abundance so they'll be coming into some money soon as they go into the elevator to get to the room the witches arrive they are led by anne hathaway who is playing the grand high witch i kind of liked how they were dressed because it was like subtly different to like the English lady dress of the previous movie and what's described in the book. They kind of dressed like the fancy ladies from The Help. It had that very kind of like American Southern Belle kind of look to it, if you kind of get what I mean. The fashion choices were a really good nod to the sort of change in location. So I really liked that. What I did not like with the shark mouths so in the trailers that i'd seen for this anne hathaway had these kind of like joker smile scars like up from the corner of her mouth and i had assumed it was just her but no it is all witches they have these like big joker mouths so that they can open their big shark mouths full of sharp teeth and i felt like this was a weird and stupid thing to have decided to include in the movie that wasn't in the book or the previous film I get wanting to do things differently, but I feel like they'd already done enough differently that they didn't have to add this detail to stand out because it looks stupid. And I'll come back to how stupid it looks later, because I think one of the big drawbacks to this movie was how things ended up looking. We see um, Hero Boy and his grandmother being spied on through the window by a cat that belongs to the Grand High Witch, who then reports back to his mistress. So that they seem to sort of be aware that there's a child and his grandmother in the hotel. Hero Boy then takes Daisy into the ballroom to practice tightrope walking the mouse. Uh, he runs into Bruno who tells him that he's been told to hang around and at a certain time he'll be given some bars of chocolate by one of the ladies from the children's society, basically as it is in the book. So Hero Boy knocks a grate off of the wall and puts it back, but obviously we remember that there's a vent there for later he starts training his mice but then people come in and so he hides underneath a stage and it's Stanley Tucci the manager showing all of the witches in so that they can have their meeting and as soon as the door is shut the grand high witch takes up onto the stage she has this dress on which is sort of like made of a living snake which is a bit weird and she tells everyone to remove their gloves and their wigs and their shoes and we see that they have the different features of witches but not as they are described in the book so the film has changed things up a little bit um so instead of having like cat claws that kind of protrude skinnily from the end of the fingers they have weird kind of t-rexy dinosaur hands with like three fingers but when they have gloves on they have five fingers so maybe their gloves have fake fingers in but I found it weird that they wouldn't just put like little claws on the end and have done. The toes, they don't have any toes, but Anne Hathaway as the Grand High Witch 
has a single long toe coming out of the front of each foot with the painted nail on it. And it kind of looks like she's constantly flipping you off with her feet as she walks. Again, that's an odd choice. And they're all bald and they have like wig rash from wearing wigs on their bald heads. Now, like I said, when I was talking about the plot of the book, the events inside this ballroom make up like half the book. Um, this whole speech of the Grand High Witch and her outlining her plan takes a really long time. And it's basically just her at a podium screaming at the other witches while they go, yes, your greatness, yes, we will smash the children. Um, and this film does quite a lot to liven that up. So the Grand High Witch levitates around the room. She's got this like live snake dress. It's kind of moving as well. She throws a podium against a wall um, and different kind of things just to make it a little more actually a bit more interesting. So while she's giving this speech, you know, she's flying around the room. It is at least more visually interesting than her just screaming from the podium. So I'll give it that. She says to them that she has this potion that is the delayed mouse maker potion. You put it in sweets, you give it to children, and then the next day, at some point that you've determined, uh, they will turn into mice, and that everyone is going to have to go and open up a candy store, and she has a huge load of money upstairs so that they can all afford to do this, and they will turn every child into mice, and then all the adults will call the exterminators and exterminate the mice, and this will get rid of lots and lots of children. In the book, we get the recipe for this potion, which I kind of liked because it talks about like how you fry a telescope or boil a telescope for like a really long time until it goes soft. Because if you look through a telescope the wrong way around, you'll see that the child has become very, very small. And to give it the delayed effect, you cook up you roast an alarm clock uh, and then add in some other ingredients as well. And I really like that section of the book. It's not mentioned in this big speech, but I get that it would have probably made it a lot longer than it currently is, which is already too long. So I get why it was left out, but it is my favourite part and I wanted to talk about it. It's at this point that the Grand High Witch scents a child and as she sniffs around for him, you see her nose kind of like inflating in all its cartoony CGI glory. I hated this and it looked stupid. There we go. Halfway through the search, she flips the stage over, but Hero Boy has hidden himself inside the vent, so he is not immediately discovered. And Bruno arrives, disrupting any need for a further search. Now, here is why her smashing the podium was kind of a bad idea. Because she smashed the podium, she smashes the stage. She's also incinerated a naysayer, which happens in the book. Um, but there are like charred remains on the floor. Bruno just casually walks past all of this and demands his bar of chocolate, which I kind of get because obviously he's a, a greedy child fixated on a bar of chocolate. But at the same time, it did kind of annoy me that he walked past the smouldering corpse of a, like a, a humanoid being and was just like, nope, nothing to see here. So they, they lure him in. Obviously, the chocolate she gave him previously had the potion in it, and he changes into a mouse. And Daisy, the, the white mouse that is still with Hero Boy, just suddenly turns to him and speaks and, and is like, well, I'll go save him. And she goes racing out to, to save Bruno. She's voiced by Christian Chenoweth, which is amazing. I loved it. Uh, and I think a good attempt at, I guess, introducing more female characters to this story. Unfortunately, the hero boy is then discovered in the vent by the Grand High Witch, and they drag him out and pour potion in his ear because 
I guess they didn't want to like open his mouth and force a funnel in in a children's movie um but they they pour it in his ear and he kind of floats up and gets covered in horrible pustules because he's been given like a massive dose of this stuff and not the the normal amount and when the pustules kind of burst he's covered in fur and it's like a weird cgi transition but he he becomes a mouse then there's like a long chase sequence where they go back into the vent and the Grand High Witch makes her arms really long to like chase after them and it all gets very little nightmares. But eventually they do get away. From this point on there are a lot of antics in the movie so there'll just be like plot stuff will happen and there'll be an extended chase scene so I will just say antics when that happens but there will be chase scenes. We find out that Daisy the Mouse used to actually be a child uh, and that she has also been a victim of the mouse maker potion they decide to find grandmother because she'll probably know what to do and get there via the kitchen the lobby and the elevator we find out that daisy is actually called mary and has been a mouse for four months and did not previously try and speak to hero boy because she was kind of afraid that she would instantly get squashed which is fair dues grandmother then says that she can maybe reverse the effects of the potion so this is begins a segment that was not in the book or i guess the previous movie so she sends them to get some potion this does happen they they do do this in the book and the movie but the reversal thing is not why so grandmother pops hero boy the mouse into a knitted sock dangles him down onto the balcony of 666 and he goes and gets a vial of mouse maker and brings it back to her this is kind of like a, a tense heist moment and just as he's being airlifted out of there in a sock the grand high witch grabs the end of it and looks up at grandmother and recognizes her she doesn't know quite where from but it introduces this new idea that the grand high witch has encountered grandmother before which is something that i felt was like subtextual in the book from just the way that the grandmother talks about the grand high witch but uh, it is unproven and unstated so i like that they made it more explicit in this they're interrupted by the manager coming to provide a cage the grand high witch can keep her cat in uh, and she gets annoyed with her cat because it just gets into the cage while she's saying that she doesn't want it and doesn't need it and just wants the manager to go away uh, so that's all going on the mouse and the potion get back upstairs and grandmother tries to reverse the potion but when she puts different like herbs and stuff into it, it only turns black and won't reverse so it's too strong a magic for her to do anything about she's really sad about this she tells hero boy that she'll always look after him he'll always be her grandson even if she can't like turn him back which i thought was quite sweet um and definitely also echoes the relationship in the book with the grandmother and the boy as well hero boy then just says we need to put this potion in the witch's soup so the two main plans for like stealing some of the potion and then putting it in the soup come from him he just comes up with them on the fly like he doesn't seem to think about them this film doesn't really take many different plot leaps to the original so if you've read the book or seen the original movie you know exactly where the plot is going the whole time you're watching which I guess is fair enough because this is a new movie for a new generation of kids who probably haven't read the original book or seen the movie that came out in the 90s. So for them, this will be all new and interesting. There's some antics um, and they go about the, the potion in the soup plan. Grandma tries to take Bruno to his parents. It goes real bad. Uh, and then the witch's dinner is served. So, you know, we've, we've done all the stuff, the potions in the soup. Now it's just time to sit back and watch. 
The Gran Ho Witch, however, does notice that Grandmother is watching her and doesn't eat any of the soup, whereas everyone else does. So she comes over to talk to her and says, well, confirms that she was the witch who turned Alice into a chicken. And she mock mocks Grandmother. And while she's doing this, the mice are stealing the key to her room from her person. So they now have the key to a room that contains millions and millions of dollars. The witches begin to turn into mice, which look more like mangy rats. I really liked that there was obviously a, a difference between like the children being turned into cute little mice and the witches being turned into these monstrous rats. I did not like that they were all CGI, but we'll talk about that at the end. The hubbub doesn't really ensue fast enough at this point. Everyone else in the room doesn't really react until like the 12th person is turned into a rat and they're like, 12 people turned into rats? Now I'll get up and scream. Whereas before it's like, how, how are you not reacting to what's going on here? Have you been anaesthetized? A rat then bites Stanley Tucci in the balls, which had better be the highlight of his career. Um, but, you know, comedy for children. Uh, the exterminator is then summoned, although I don't think we ever see him arrive. This is like the second time someone has called for an exterminator. This guy's going to lose the hotel as a client because he doesn't seem to be responding. Grandmother goes to room 666 to take all of the potion. She's like, with all this potion, we could turn every witch in the world into a mouse, which, you know, spoiler alert, is the final plan of the movie. The Grand High Witch, however, then comes in behind her uh, and begins a final confrontation, which is entirely for the movie, it doesn't happen in the book. The mice use mouse traps to pinch Anne Hathaway's weirdly long middle finger toes uh, so that she opens her mouth to scream and then they chuck a bottle of potion into her mouth and she changes into a sort of big rat-looking cat thing, um, which then gets trapped under an ice bucket by grandmother. They then use her hidden key to open up the trunk, look at all the money, pack up all the potion and leave. They, they leave her to the tender mercies of her own cat, who I guess eats her, so she's dead. Grandma tips everybody lots of money and then we see Bruno get rejected by his parents again. So grandmother says, you know, I'll take you and Mary, the mouse, back home with me and you all three can live like mice together. And we see a sort of fun play park thing that she's designed in her house or that they've designed and built i think this is similar to the original movie at the end he's a mouse and he has all this like meccano stuff set up so he can ride like a mini roller coaster they've kind of just done that again in this movie um and he's still a mouse now i think i remember at the end of the original he actually gets turned back into a boy again by a good witch which is a very hollywoodized ending this film actually sticks truer to the book because he doesn't get turned back from being a mouse. And he actually asks his grandmother, you know, how long do mice live? And she says, well, because you are a person and also a mouse, I guess you would live three times longer than a mouse, which is usually three years. So you would live for nine years, which is not a lot. Like you're telling a child they've only got nine years left to live. And he says that's good because he doesn't want anyone else to look after him and she'll get old and he'll get old and they'll both be old together and then he won't be on his own. Which is quite like sad and weirdly like depressing for a, for a kid's film. There's then like a kind of dance party slash postcard montage where we see the grandmother and, and the mouse going to all these different locations around the US, like different 
countries, different places. And then we get a little bit of credits and then we go back to the mouse presentation from the beginning, like the, the presentation narrated by Chris Rock uh, about witches. And we see it's been given by the mouse, except he now has kind of like a salt and pepper haircut and like a little moustache because he's old. Grandmother looks a bit older. She's wearing like glasses and stuff. They've conquered the US. They've got rid of all the witches and now they're going international and they have been training these kids and they're all going off on this new mission. And then the movie ends. Now, I kind of thought that it was nice that they had gone with the original ending from the book. But the more I thought about it, the more I thought that that ending is super depressing. That this kid just has nine years left to live and then is going to die as a mouse. And I know it's like a kid's book and I'm just kind of looking at it with like adult eyes. But that just seems horrifying to me. Like that could be a David Cronenberg movie if you added like some weird sex stuff in there. So I kind of actually prefer the ending to the original movie where one of the Grand High Witch's cronies, sick of being downtrodden, becomes like a good witch and uses her powers for good. And I think that would have gone a long way to helping the movie be more balanced as well. Because the book takes the line that all witches are evil. They're these creepy child snatching people. It's basically an allegory for don't take candy from strangers, which is a real important lesson. But then in the movie, they try and make it a little bit more friendly, a little bit more Hollywoodized. And they end up also creating a balance where they have a lot of evil witches, but there's also a good witch who does good things. So it creates like more of a positive image for witches, which is of interest to me as someone who podcasts about fictional representation of witches. And I feel like although they had this whole thing where his grandmother in the in the new film is a voodoo priestess or a folk healer or what have you, she doesn't end up really doing anything with that. She doesn't in the end manage to reverse the potion. And I kind of wish that she had done because then we would have had that same positive representation of a witch, as opposed to the fact that we have all these evil, powerful witches, and then we have this folk healer who is kind of useless, because we don't actually see her heal anyone. She can't get rid of her own cough because it's caused by witchcraft, and then she can't fix what's been done to her grandson. And I think she should have been able to by the end of the film. I think that would have been a like a nicer happier ending uh, even if it was just you know after they'd gone on this adventure where he was a mouse if they still wanted to do that you know it would have been nice if they could have still fixed him so in that sense i think it really kind of missed a step but on the whole i would say that it's a pretty enjoyable movie i don't get why it's got such a low star rating although i, I will talk a little bit about why that might be in a second um, because from where I see it, it's a really good adaptation of, of the book. It's actually more true to the book than it is um, the original movie, which is maybe why people don't like it, because they like the movie more. Uh, but I think it's, it's a good movie to show kids. It, again, outlines that idea that it's not just a creepy man in a flasher coat you've got to watch out for, that there are predators who are also women, which is, I think, something that is an important lesson for kids to learn. Uh, to get serious for a moment. Um, I think it's got a valuable lesson. It's interesting. It's fun. And, you know, hopefully it encourages kids now to go back and, and read Roald Dahl books, which are excellent stories. The thing that I didn't like about it and the thing that really annoyed me throughout was the fact that it really just can't compare visually to the original. And that's like not 
against the cinematography or anything i think the set design is really good like the differences between the room that the boy and his grandmother are staying in to, compared to the high which is you know opulent suite the design of the hotel itself all the costumes those are really great but the effects are what really lets it down because it's so much cgi now in the original and i, I have very limited memory of it there's a huge amount of like practical effects and i can vividly remember what angelica houston's like grand high witch looks like when she peels off this like rubber mask and she's underneath this kind of gnarled strangely wet looking tumorous creature and in the book that's what she does she she removes a mask and you see her real face and it's unutterably horrifying i love it um and in this it just doesn't have the same impact because Anne Hathaway is gorgeous and even when she has a giant scary shark mouth she's still a gorgeous lady she just has a weird CGI mouth um so it was missing that and also when the rats like the witches turn into like mice or slash rats those were all sort of very knobbly and pink and wet and bald and gross and creepy and they just don't look as creepy in CGI it looks too clean and shiny um and it doesn't have that kind of weird intro to body horror, aside from the regrettable chicken incident, um, that is what made the original Witches film such a fucking cult classic, is that it looks, still now, like my memory of it is just so vivid, of it looking so appalling and horrifying and exactly the kind of thing that will give children nightmares. It feels like it's been cleaned up and given the Disney treatment and made a little bit more family friendly which I don't like, in particular the shark bounce, because the real horror of, of the witches and the, my limited remembrance of, of the way that film begins, when you see the witches around England, they just look like women. They're just wearing normal lady clothes and acting in a slightly strange way, and they do occasionally have glowing eyes. But the witches in this movie are dressed so outlandishly they look like they could be extras in the hunger games movies that you can instantly tell who's a witch and who isn't and it kind of loses that they could be anywhere horror which is unfortunate um so there we go the other thing that i didn't like and this is just a personal thing they cut out my favorite story uh so in the book and this is retold in the original movie as well there's a story that grandmother tells about witches, and it's my favourite one. I don't like the other story she tells, you know, they just turned a boy to stone, or they turned someone into a chicken, or this, that, and the other. But this story genuinely gave me the creeps, has stayed with me ever since I was a small child, and I fucking love it. And it's the story of the girl who gets trapped in the painting. So, basically... There's this family in Norway, and they have this oil painting of a little cottage with some ducks in front of it on their wall. And one day their daughter goes missing. She's been taken by a witch. And the thing that grandmother says is that witches don't just, like, snatch children. They don't climb up your drainpipe and kill you in your bed. They're clever. They will erase you from existence in interesting and different ways that they will never be caught at. And one of these ways is that their daughter goes missing and she appears in the painting just painted in to the painting feeding the ducks they freak out and they're like oh my god she's in the painting how can we get her out and they can't because she's just painted onto the canvas but when they're not looking and sometimes like the next day she'll be somewhere else she'll be inside looking out the window or she'll be 
in the pasture looking at the cows and she continues to do that and she ages in the painting and she becomes a little old lady living in this little painted world and then one day she's gone because I guess she died somewhere and that is such a horrifying spooky little spine tingling tale that could be from a horror podcast I love that story and they completely cut it out of the movie it was the poorer for it I was so looking forward to seeing that story again um and I feel like the chicken one isn't even nearly as horrifying even when you see a screaming child turning into a chicken it still can't compete with the creep factor of the painting and the thing about the painting when you see it in the film is that it's not cgi or anything it's just a picture it's just a picture and an old lady telling you a story and it's so much more effective and so much scarier that's what this movie was missing for me it was missing those horror elements um, and missing all the things that i kind of liked about the film keeping some of the things that i didn't like I am not really a fan of stories where a lot of the time someone's trying not to get caught. I find that makes me really tense and I don't enjoy myself. And then 90% of this story is trying not to get caught, like snooping on this meeting, trying not to get caught stealing potion and then trying not to get caught putting the potion in the soup. But there we go. That That's my two cents on the 2020, which is if you'd like to see me review the original, I feel like I've talked about it a lot in this, but I would dearly love to review the original. But if you'd like to see that, give this video a like. And in the meantime, I'll see you in the next one. Bye!